All right. Hey, friends, I'm uh, wrapping things up in the office this weekend, and there's a lot coming up this weekend. Uh, just a, a, It's mostly in our neck of the woods over here that I'm aware of. There's more going on across the connection than I can possibly keep track of. Uh, but I thought it'd be useful to talk about two things that are happening this Saturday, one in Arkansas, one here in Oklahoma where I'm at. And uh, the first is the long-awaited, uh, <laughs> or at least I've been waiting to see how it's going, the, the special called conference of the Arkansas Annual Conference. Now, I've done a bit of reporting on it. I initially did a report several months ago on what happened at the last special called conference whenever they refused to let Jonesboro, Searcy, and Cabot go. Uh, and then I've, I've been anxious that this would become a standard for many annual conferences, so I tried to be aggressive and and talk about other special called conferences before they got together last week. And man, what a good uh, week. Last week, I was very surprised and pleased that so many conferences managed to have an amicable disaffiliation ratification vote. I haven't heard any dramatic stories, uh, not not that I'm in the know everywhere, but I haven't heard anything about um, sneaky, underhanded things being done. It seems like uh, for the most most annual conferences, it seems so far, once the churches have made it through the hurdles, they've satisfied the board of trustees, it, it seems to be going all right. Um, so one of the questions I'm coming to with this is, uh, I wonder how much of an impact it has, and it doesn't seem to have an impact, whether this is done online or in person. And I, I, I should have done like a tally on each one so far to see which ones were done in person or online. Arkansas's last special called conference was in person. And if, if you didn't see my review of that, just scroll back in some of my uh, videos. I, I, I thought it was not good. Um, that, that's the short synopsis. I thought it was done in a way to uh, pretty much directly caused the the carnage that was seen afterwards, the lawsuits, the the church being dis, uh, uh, abandoned. So I was I've been anxious that I, I know that there's a very strong stay UMC group in Arkansas that um, is very vocal and uh, aggressive and hostile, um, and I I'm aware that there's been some overlap between them and conference staff leadership as well. Um, and I may do a follow-up report on that because uh, there, there seem to have been emails sent out from conference staff uh, urging delegates to vote a certain way or to ask certain questions. So um, I don't want to – I'm going to say this is good news. This is the, What I'm about to cover is good news in Arkansas. I want to be optimistic. But this is after um, a lot of frustrations along the way. Last week, I released an interview with Jason Sutphin, who's an Arkansas clergy who drove over to visit with me. Um, I've, I've spoken with other people active in Arkansas. There have been a lot of frustrations about the behavior of certain superintendents or um, the conference dragging its feet or um, standing in the way for arbitrary reasons, delaying on getting back on paperwork, stuff like that. But um, they, they put out the announcement, I don't know how many days, but uh, I've got it on my screen here, May 2023 Annual Conference Special Session. So let's just read this announcement real quick. Bishop Laura Merrill, with concurrence of the superintendents and in accordance with paragraph 605 603.5 of the Book of Discipline, has called a special in-person, 
Uh, it says in-person session of the Arkansas Annual Conference to be held in Horner Hall at the Hot Springs Convention Center on Saturday, May 13th, 2023, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. in Hot Springs, Arkansas. This special session has been called to address the following issue and is limited to addressing only this issue, the consideration of ratification of disaffiliation agreements from the Conference Board of Trustees with various congregations of the Arkansas Conference of the United Methodist Church in accordance with paragraph 2553 of the 2016 Book of Discipline of the United Methodist Church, the principles adopted at the 2021 Arkansas Annual Conference Session and Judicial Council Decision 1379. Some days I'm thorough enough to look up all those things for you. I don't see any point in doing that today. All current clergy members of the Arkansas Annual Conference, including, okay, it, I, I don't think there's any reason to cover that. The interesting part is what's below it, and that's the list of churches. Now, according to a Arkansas Gazette a newspaper article last week, there were going to be between 50 and 75 churches that disaffiliate. At least according to this page, I, I think I counted 54 uh, churches that are going to be disaffiliating. Now, if, if you've forgotten the size of Arkansas Annual Conference, I've got it here. Um, let's see. At the close of 2021, they had 612 churches. Um, they've, however, seen a 41.5% decrease, at least in attendance in that time. Um, oh, shouldn't have done that. They... Uh, how many they saw 35 disaffiliations at their special called conference last year and so uh, that that leaves them under 600 I, I didn't do my mental math but we're looking at another 50 for at least uh, apparently some more can be added on to this list it just depends on who the board of trustees puts out in the next day or two so ostensibly, we're looking at Arkansas having lost not a quarter, maybe a fifth, uh, but it's important to remember that they have another special called conference scheduled for October 15th at the end of the year. So, and we've talked about the dynamics at play as they let one uh, group of conservative churches go at a time, then um, the, the voting assembly gets less and less sympathetic because it's composed of those left behind who are tempted to get bitter and resentful. So um, it, the bishop that they now have is a new bishop. It's Laura Merrill. She followed the, the previous bishop who presided over the, the previous special called conference. Um, from the people I talked to, Bishop Merrill seems uh, very fair. Um, this is a picture of her. Um, she grew up in Texas, uh, by, by all accounts. She, she should understand um, the people that she's serving. She's been open and, and able to talk with people um, who are on the other side of the aisle, and I don't know that she's really um, taken a side. I just know that she's responsible for the institutional standpoint. Um, so yeah, Arkansas is going to have this special called conference, and then it's going to have its regular conference on June 21st, and then another special called conference. And, um, you know, it remains to be seen if things are going to be more amicable than last time. Last time it was not amicable. It was, um, it was a very tense time. There was a lot of um, emo emotional stuff going on, a lot of unsubstantiated accusations. Um, so this time there are some larger churches that are disaffiliating that they're going to be tempted 
to uh, try not to allow to disaffiliate. And um, I've got a list of them. Oh, uh, Pine Bluff, Green Briar, Greenwood, and Hope. Those are the four to really keep your eye on. Um, one of the things that we've seen as, as conferences have gone through this process is they're generally very happy to let small little poor churches go. But man, when we're talking about um, churches located in the center of urban areas that have larger attendance and more money, they really want to hold on to those. And they use the language of, uh, we got to reach a mission field, um, or we need to maintain our, our, our assets for mission. Um, but really, it does seem to be I'm not saying it's not that. I'm just saying it also happens to involve a lot of money, a lot of property, a lot of status, um, stuff typically associated with with worldly values. Um, there was a, a, an additional document that went out with the conference um, announcement, and uh, it, it just kind of sets the rules of the day, and, and you should see that on your screen now. Um, it has the exact same language on that was on the page that I just read, and then who it is that can vote and how it's it's going to work. Robert's Rules of Order. But then it, it's it seems to here's why I say it's good news. It seems to lay out a different term of engagement, different terms of engagement than last time. The conference board of trustees, which is responsible for entering into a disaffiliation agreement with a local church board of trustees following the certification of that church's vote to disaffiliate, will present the completed disaffiliation agreements to the annual conference for its consideration of ratification. The annual conference will then vote whether to ratify the disaffiliation agreements by a simple majority vote, which may not include any amendments. So that's the first part. Uh, that's encouraging is if someone wants to make an amendment to the motion of the Board of Trustees, if the Board of Trustees is making uh, a motion that they um, entertain the whole uh, slew, the whole 54, or however many it turns out being at that point, it could be that the bishop rules that any amendment to take out individual churches and scrutinize them as they did at the last one will be ruled out of order, which would be interesting. That goes against the the precedent sent last year by Bishop Mueller. So for those who are always arguing for precedent, this is a time to reassess your uh, your your convictions there. Sometimes maybe it is a good thing to, to overturn precedent. Uh, it goes into session rules, and then you'll see that the, the pertinent parts have been highlighted here. Rule one, all completed disaffiliation agreements will be presented by the Conference Board of Trustees for consideration as a whole. So it's, it's making explicit here, the Board of Trustees is not going to be singling out individual churches. And then it says how debate's going to happen, um, and then uh, which ones, which speeches will be counted. And then Rule 4, the ratification vote will take place at the conclusion of debate. So it seems like there's not going to be any amendments. They're going to put the ratification plan forward with a full slate with all of the churches on there. There's, there can be debate on an up-down vote on all of those, but they, uh, they can't draw individual churches out and scrutinize them and make allegations and, and do any of that. And then it's a simple majority vote, so they didn't try and mess with uh, requiring a supermajority or anything. They just said, uh, we're going to do it this way. And this is the way that I think a majority of annual conferences have done it. So Arkansas did an experiment last year in a more hostile and combative and adversarial thing it could be that they decided, hey, we don't want any more lawsuits like Jonesboro. 
We're, you know, now that they've made it through the process, we're going to let them get out. Um, worst case scenario now would be that there's such antith- antipathy towards departing churches that the stay UMC group tries to mobilize a 51% or a 50% vote plus one to, to keep all 54 churches in uh, the fold, which would be um, terrible. So uh, that would seem beyond the realm of possibility, but they tried to do that. And the, uh, there were people who did that in my conference who got up and argued we should not allow any disaffiliations for one reason or another. So whether or not it seems realistic to you, to some people, I would say they're delusional. To some people, they believe that that no churches should be allowed to disaffiliate at all. They should leave all their assets and buildings with the institution, regardless of who um, built those churches, who who funded their ministries, or or any of that. So, um, I think that's all I've got to say on Arkansas. We we need to be praying for Arkansas. Pray that they just have smooth sailing, and that uh, this is just one more uh, special called conference session that does well. Um, the second part of this, it's more, uh, well, yeah, it'll turn into to something more selfish, but it starts off with something pertinent. The Global Methodist Church is getting off the ground in the area that that I'm serving in. Um, there is a new, uh, what's called TCAT, it's a transitional conference. Um, it's not an annual conference yet, but uh, the, the areas of Oklahoma, Colorado, Missouri, and... Kansas, who could forget Kansas? All four of those state areas, former annual conference areas, are going to be combined together in one TCAT, where this is their first uh, formal event that they're hosting. It's called the Summit. It's going to be going on this Saturday, and I'm going to be there uh, because I'm getting ordained. Um, and I'll, I'll come back and talk about my ordination path at the end of this, so if you don't care about that, it's fine if you, you uh, zip out at that point. But um, I in a, a class of last I heard is going to be like I'm going to say numbers associated with this, and um, it's going to be really embarrassing because I actually serve on the TCAT. I've I've been on the TCAT for a little bit, and I have not paid good attention to the numbers. I think there are going to be like 50 ordinance, uh, somewhere between 30 and 60. That's where my brain has put it. Um, uh, they're going to be ordained. Bishop Jones is going to be there. It's going to start on Friday. The summit's going to start on Friday tomorrow. And there's going to be a series of presentations. You'll see Bishop Jones, Angela Pleasance is going to be presenting. Uh, we got Dr. David and Ginger Daniel. They're uh, some pastors I know. Um, Jill Jackson Sears is going to be there. And then David Watson, who, of course, is a celebrity Methodist academic. Oh, and then Paul Lawler, and I, I regret I don't know much about him, but they're going to have sessions on... Uh, Friday, and then they're going to have the ordination on Saturday, and it should be pretty cool. Um, I'm I'm not a big programming guy. There's a reason why I'm a small-town pastor, and so uh, I know the, the thought behind this, the, the hope behind this is uh, these churches that have made it through disaffiliation are tired. I'm very surprised my church is disaffiliated just a couple weeks ago. I'm much more tired than I thought I would be. Um, and it's really hard to uh, not just sit, so you need something to kind of pep you up, and what better to pep you up than uh, some, some collaborative worship, some, some prayer, uh, learning together, encouraging one another, and then watching a whole new class of ordinance come through. Um, so if you're in my area and you haven't registered yet, you might consider registering and coming over. I, I think it'll be a really nice time. I did get together with the people interested in the GMC about seven months ago. We had a gathering 
in this area. It's in Bethany, just uh, southwest of Oklahoma City, I think. And um, it was a really nice time. There was a great energy in the room, a lot of optimism. Um, so you you know that I'm uh, grouchier and more skeptical than most people, um, but it is fun to get together and be excited about God doing a new thing and just seeing people who are unabashedly uh, joyful about what's going on in the, the Global Methodist Church. So uh, I know a lot of po- folks are very excited. I've I've got you, you'll remember maybe that I interviewed a young lady named Kira Calhoun um, probably six months ago. Gosh, that was a long time ago. She's going to be getting ordained uh, alongside me, and um, it's just going to be a a happy conclusion to a long journey for a lot of people. Uh, of course, the journey goes on, but for people like me, I've been doing ministry for twelve years. I think uh, I graduated seminary in eleven and. I went right into ministry in Idaho. I had been in the candidacy process for years before that. I started the candidacy process in Oklahoma here. Uh, When I was an undergrad, I I was in Arkansas and got uh, my first mentor in Arkansas. Then I moved up to Massachusetts and and, uh, had my candidacy in connection with uh, a superintendent, the the bishop there, who has since died. and then I went to Idaho, and I, I transferred my candidacy there. And um, all the while, you know, and I, I came back to Oklahoma. And every step along the way, I, I appeared before boards of ordained ministry or district committee on ministry. Both of those, I've, I've probably had, heck, I don't know, 30 appearances between, uh, no, probably probably 20. I don't know, my 12 years uh, b- before those groups. And... Um, it's generally not gone well within the United Methodist Church. And if you don't know me, I'm seminary trained. I went to Boston University School of Theology, got a decent grade point average, majored in biblical studies, um, uh, or with an emphasis in biblical studies. I, uh, I've read a lot of Methodist history. I know Methodist doctrine better than most, uh, and history. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty old school, and I'm, I'm Wesleyan through and through, and yet the United Methodist Church didn't want me, um, and in fact was quite adversarial with me at, at times. Um, I was given several psychological assessments where uh, the results said I was good to go, but they just had concerns about my flexibility at, at different points, and um, these were things that were used to justify not taking me seriously as a candidate when we have some real basket cases in the the pulpits, or I say we, I keep slipping into we. I'm not United Methodist anymore. I disaffiliated. Global Methodist Church, you know, is this other extreme now where it's just kind of, oh, you didn't like the UMC? Uh, you can come over here and we'll ordain you. And and they did, to be fair, whenever I um, uh, wanted to transfer my credentials over, I did get a phone call where they confirmed a lot of details about me. They did a background check. They're not just letting anybody in. But been much more amicable. They've been just happier and more excited to get people on board. And I think, you know, this is what happens when you don't have a guaranteed appointment, is you can be less concerned about who you let in because it's going to be much easier to kick people out that uh, are not fit for ministry. So whereas in the United Methodist Church, if you have a guaranteed appointment, removing you from the connection is just very expensive and requires a lot of work. One of the assets of the Global Methodist Church will be if I'm an ineffective pastor or if I'm toxic or if I'm crazy, they will have a much easier time removing me from the pulpit, as I should be. So for me, you know, there are people talking to me, are you excited about getting ordained? And um, 
it's really hard for me to assess that, you know, and I'd like to think I'm in touch with my emotions, but at least in the lead up to this, I haven't been excited. I think part of that is because I'm not sure it's real. You know, I I wasn't sure I was going to make it through disaffiliation. I wasn't sure I was going to not get fired. Um, You know, it's it's very surreal going through all these things after 12 years in ministry. And then it's also hard to get worked up about ordination when, like, I've been doing ministry for 12 years. Um, you know, I've, I've administered the sacraments. I've um, been doing pastoral ministry for all intents and purposes as a functional elder. So it's really hard to, to serve all those years. And yeah, on paper, be a second-class citizen, but in, in essence, being what I want to be. And then now coming to this and going, okay, now I'm the real deal. It... Mm, I just don't feel that way, and I, I'm not sure about the theology around that. They're wanting uh, me to pick two people to lay hands on me and pray over me as I'm uh, consecrated. I think that's the right word. And I've just said, you know, what's the theology around this? You know, I, I'm not sure I understand what's going on. But what I do know is I want to be a good team player. I want to give the, the Global Methodist Church a fair shake. I want to do everything I can to help them start off on the right terms. I want to encourage my brothers and sisters in ministry, um, and I, I there are just a number of things I can't do unless I'm ordained clergy in the Global Methodist Church, and I do think it'll be nice. You know, I, I, I published in a Substack article. If you don't know, I've got a Substack. You should look me up. Jeffrey Rickman's my name. Um, it does feel weird not to be preaching under someone else's authority, because who am I? You know, and even if I was clear that the United Methodist Church lacked legitimacy, in some sense, I felt like that was their problem, not mine. I'm serving faithfully, and if they're not, then that's on them. But if it's just me and my independent church, yeah, I, I don't feel good about it being an independent church at all or an independent pastor. I, uh, I, I need to be in connection with others. So I'm going to be in connection with the Global Methodist Church. We'll see what my two little churches decide. If they want to join the GMC, we're look at, they are looking at other options as well. Uh, but for me, this is where I'm going to be Saturday. So while Arkansas is having their in-person gathering, their annual conference, which hopefully goes peaceably and is over by lunch, um, I'm going to be getting ordained, and I might post some photos or do a debrief. TJ was uh, our producer here. He was hired to be photographer there, so he should get some good footage and photos. So should be nice. Anyway, be in prayer. Uh, let's all be in prayer for Arkansas as they gather, and be in prayer for uh, the Okies and the people around the Heartland TCAT as they gather for the summit and for ordination. And um, God bless the United Methodist Church as they deal with these departures and figure out who they are afterwards. God bless the Global Methodist Church as they establish themselves and, and form a new culture aiming to spread scriptural holiness across the land. All right, that'll be it for me today. Thanks for spending time with me. God bless you. Thanks for supporting plain spoken, uh, like it, share it, comment on it. I really appreciate all the love and support. I'll see you next time.